Do you know a woman who is driving positive change, growth, or innovation in her organization or community? The second annual Success Women of Influence Awards are underway. So whether a friend, a family member, or peer, give the recognition she deserves. The Success Women of Influence Awards honor, celebrate, and empower the extraordinary women whose contributions have impacted their industries and their communities, and the personal and professional lives of those in their world. Visit success.com slash W-O-I to nominate the women of influence in your life today. If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, beautiful human, and welcome back to another episode of In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen. From bartending to trading on the New York Stock Exchange, becoming a Nike elite dance athlete, building a multi-million dollar socially conscious business, and being named by Oprah as a thought leader for the next generation, Marie Forleo is a woman on a mission and a force to be reckoned with, let's be real. (laughs) Marie's mission is clear and straightforward. She helps people build a business and a life they love. She's doing this through her signature program, B-School, her award-winning show, Marie TV, and the Marie Forleo podcast. She teaches multi-passionate go-getters from all walks of life how to dream big and how to back it up with daily action that leads to results. Marie is also the author of the number one New York Times bestselling book, Everything is Figureoutable. And if you haven't read it, I know for a fact that you'll be putting it in your cart by the end of this episode. (laughs) Let's not waste any time. Let's get in the details with Marie Forleo. Marie, welcome. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. And before we even dive into the conversation, I've done so many interviews in my life. Your voice and your energy is so outstandingly loving, welcoming, and expansive. So thank you for being you. Well, thank you, friend. I appreciate that. I'm going to have to tell the story then. Uh, This story, I, I just shared it with you before we hit record. To be able to say thank you in person is an honor because as I was writing my book, Stop and Shift, before it was finished, before it was ready for the world, I was struggling with finding my voice. You know, letting the voice that you hear also translate to pages. And I was shedding a lot of corporate lingo and how I'm supposed to show up. And then I found your book, Everything is Figureoutable, and I cried because I was like, I can do this. Like it was almost like you using your voice and I could hear you as I was reading it gave me permission to find mine and let the rest of the world hear it. So, uh, you know, I, j- I just want to say thank you again. Thank you um, again. You are so welcome and you are so necessary just like everyone listening to us or watching us right now. I feel like one of the beautiful gifts, the many gifts that my mom has given me was just this notion that every single one of us comes to earth with these beautiful, unique gifts that no one else has. And when all of us have the ability to share those gifts, whatever they may be in whatever size, shape, scope, however they evolve throughout our stages and seasons of life, that beautiful symphony is what not only makes life worth living, but I think as we come together and shine those individual lights, we really start continuing to create the world that we all want to see and inhabit. So um, I just got chills thinking about your voice and thinking about all the folks that we're able to connect with right now. And um, it's really exciting. 
Yes. Well, I mean, speaking of your mother, who is bountiful of wisdom, I did see that, you know, this notion of everything is figure outable. Like for me, when I read that book and when I just saw those words on the page, it influenced my life, it influenced my business. It literally shifted something in me for forever. You were very fortunate to have heard that everything is figure outable at a young age. So can you please share the story of how you were introduced to this truth bomb? Yes. So my mom is a really interesting, spicy character. She's still here. She's 75. And let me just paint a picture because she's really unique. So she's about 5'4". She looks like June Cleaver. She has the tenacity of a bulldog and she cusses like a sailor from time to time, right? So she's (laughs) super spicy and saucy. She grew up the daughter of two alcoholic parents in the projects of Newark, New Jersey, and she really learned by necessity how to stretch a dollar bill around the block because that was the circumstances that she found herself in. And she made herself a promise that when she grew up, she would somehow find a way to create a better life. And so one of my favorite memories, thinking back to my childhood, was in New Jersey, sitting with my mom around the kitchen table on Sundays when you go through the paper. And she was teaching me about all the coupons and all the different ways that our family could save money and showing me this is how we do it. And one of the other things that she taught me, and this is during the 80s to put it in context, was that brands would send you these really cool free things like utensils or a cookbook if you saved up what were known as proofs of purchase. So the back of a cereal box, you know, you buy five macaroni and cheese and you're going to get something if you mail it in. And my mom's favorite possession was this small little AM FM transistor radio that looked like an orange that she got from Tropicana orange juice. So this little orange had a red and white straw sticking out of the top. That was its antenna. And my mom is just one of those people who she's always doing something. So as a kid, I knew that I could find her somewhere around the yard or somewhere around the house if I listened for the sound of this little tinny AM FM transistor radio and I'd know where (laughs) she was. So one day I was coming home from school and I was walking home and I hear this music blasting in the distance. And my mom loved music and she loved dance. And so it's like, I'm every woman and I'm walking and the, and the music though was not coming from the normal orientation. It was coming from way up. And I look up and I see my mom perched precariously on the roof of our two-story house. I didn't see a ladder. All I saw was this tiny Tropicana orange next door, butt and her sitting on the roof. And I was terrified, right? I'm a kid. I'm like, mom, are you okay? Like, what are you doing up there? And she lowers the radio and she looks down at me and she's like, Ray, what are you talking about? I'm fine. She's like, the roof has a leak. I called the roofer. He said it was going to be at least 500 bucks. I said, screw that. There's asphalt in the garage. I'm doing it myself. I was like, okay, got it. Another time I'm coming home, walking home from school. I approach the house and I go in and I hear music kind of coming from the back of the house or a little tinny radio. And so I go back there and she's in the bathroom this time. And the bathroom, I like pushed open the door, Karen. (laughs) It looked like a bomb went off. There was dust particles in the air. There was pipes sticking out of the wall. And I was like, mom, are you okay? Like, what's going on? She's like, Ree, calm down. I'm fine. She's like, you know, I noticed the tiles had some cracks in it in the bathroom. And I didn't want the whole bathroom to get moldy. So I'm retiling everything. 
Now, Karen, you got to understand, again, this is the 1980s. This is pre-internet. This is pre-YouTube, pre-Google, right? And my mom is high school educated. So cut to a little bit later, (laughs) it was the fall, which is when we're recording right now. And uh, I come home from school and it was late. So it was already dark out. So I'm a little spooky. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, leaves are crunching under my feet. And I'm like, oh, it's dark. And I approach my house. And this time it was completely silent and the lights were out, which if, you know, for me as an Italian American, anytime that it's too quiet and it's too dark, like this is bad news. Exactly. So I had that pit in my stomach and I walk in the house and I felt like something was wrong. And I'm like, where the hell's my mom? You know, where there's no sound, there's no radio, there's no nothing. And all of a sudden I hear these little clicks and clacks coming from the kitchen and I tiptoe in and I see my mom hunched over the kitchen table, look like an operating room. There's one light on, there's screwdrivers, there was electrical tape and spread out in front of her was a completely dismantled Tropicana orange radio. And I was like, oh, it's like, mom, that's your favorite thing. What happened? Are you okay? Is it broke? And she's like, Ray, just don't, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Everything's fine. She said, you know, the antenna was off and the little dial, it wasn't working. So I'm fixing it. And I was like, Finally got the smarts to ask the question that I should have always asked my mom, which was this. I said, hey, mom, how do you know how to do so many different things that you have never done before, but nobody's shown you how to do it? And she puts down her screwdriver and she cocks her head to the side. She gives me that look and she's like, Ray, what are you talking about? She's like, nothing in life is that complicated. If you just roll up your sleeves, you get in there and you do it. Everything is figureoutable. And Karen, I was like, in that moment, those words, everything is figureoutable. It felt like it washed over me like a psychic, spiritual, soulful tidal wave. And I kept repeating those words like, oh my God, everything's figureoutable? Like, whoa, everything is figureoutable. Oh my God, holy, everything is figureoutable. And from that moment on, I kid you not, it was as though the seed was planted in me. And every single obstacle from, you know, when I was in high school and found myself in this very toxic, physically abusive relationship, when I found myself being the first one in my family to go to college and just didn't know what the hell was going on. And I was so insecure and needed to figure out my major and trying to get jobs and pay for school to my first jobs out of college, being on the New York Stock Exchange and then going like, wait a minute, I think I want to be a dancer, but I have no dance training and starting a business and being completely insecure and clueless and in piles and piles of debt. That little phrase has helped me and continues to help me to this day to stay in a place of curiosity, to stay in a state of wonderment and of possibility and hope. And I know 100% that I don't have all the answers, but I feel like connections with other humans, tapping in, asking for guidance from above, reading, researching, being open, being willing to risk and try and experiment is how we figure things out and we grow and we evolve. So Mm -hmm. there hasn't been a day in my life that that little phrase hasn't served me or, you know, a day that goes by currently that it still doesn't. I know that feeling when you said it felt like this spiritual experience because same, 
that's how it felt when I was reading and for you to be able to take the knowledge, the wisdom that your mom passed down to you. And you were so fortunate to hear that very early on, because unfortunately we start to live life in a way that is shaped by all of these external factors as, and what we're saying, what your mom was saying with this, everything is figureoutable is that while, yeah, you may have to pull from external resources, it's what's within that is going to help you continue to persist and pull and find and seek new possibilities and create this expansiveness. And it creates a different even attitude towards life, which is interesting. When I was getting into your book, I'll tell you, I initially thought, okay, this is going to be a great book because as an early entrepreneur, this is what I need. I need some structure. I need, you know, if it is figure outable, how'd you figure it out, Marie? Like that's it. But your book is very much a blend of mindset and also practical actions and things that people can do to work through themselves and also on their business. So I would say it's like equal parts mindset, goal setting or, or dreaming and all of that other. It's beautifully written. What has been the biggest everything is figure outable moment for you. And how did that translate over into, well, that's why this book has to be both mindset and also the goal setting part of it. I think one of the most challenging aspects of my life has been honestly in the personal realm. And there is one instance, and I don't know if it was the biggest thing, but it's a thing that pops into my mind and heart first, which is a point in my relationship with my partner, Josh, we've been together now over 20 years Mm -hmm. and it was probably about that six or seven year mark. And I was um, just really, really driven and really committed to my business. And you know, I love what I do. And there was also a lot of fear underneath it because like many of us, if you don't grow up with a lot of resources and for me as just being who I am, I have just the personality set that I've never wanted to rely on anyone else. So I was Mm -hmm. determined to make this business succeed. And that determination, quite honestly, for me has many times spilled over into workaholism right? That comes very, very naturally to me. And again, it gets tricky because I love what I do so much. You're like, but wait, it also brings me so much joy. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's something that it's to parse through what is the conditioning, you know, for us, I believe at least here in the United States, like we're kind of swimming around in an ocean of you have value because you produce, you know, and we've kind of been absorbing all of these messages about who we need to be and what success means and what we need to achieve, you know, kind of since we've popped out of the womb. And also, you know, as a person who really loves to create and is super passionate, has many things that I want to do and share and experience in the world. So, you know, that's kind of another lens of a conversation over there, but cut to the real challenges it was creating in my relationship where I found myself, you know, Josh and I had been together six or seven years and we had never once taken an actual vacation. We had gone places and traveled, but it was always through a lens of work. There was a workshop, there was this, there was that. We would bolt on something to a conference or a speaking thing. And he honestly, it was a, it was like a turning point where we sat down on my couch one day and Karen, he was like, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I was clear in my heart and soul that he was my person and I was his person. But uh, having the person that you love tell you like, yeah, I think this has run its course. I had to fight my buns off. Like there was something deep and down to me, down inside that said, you know, I don't think this relationship is over and I think we can figure this out. And so the thing to figure out was like how to be vulnerable, how to say, 
I've got a problem with how much I'm working and I want to fight for this relationship. And even if we start going to therapy and we start unpacking all these things, and then you come to the conclusion that you're not in love with me anymore, then I feel like I can kind of open my hands and and love you and release you to the world because at least I've done everything possible to see if I could shift myself and change myself and understand what dynamics were happening that were that kind of destroyed this beautiful thing. Mm. And so having that belief that everything was figure outable and then using that as a foundation point to enter into a place where I'm not good, which was intimacy and relationships and to be able to take a stand for my heart and to take a stand for love and to, you know, go at it and say, I'm, I'm going to fight for this and see if we can save it. And, you know, now we're together 20 years and it was a real turning point for me mm. in our relationship. And so I think that that strength for me of going, no matter what area of my life or business it is, it's like this notion, this belief can serve me again, still, still do it to this day. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. I love how you brought up that. Okay. This is how I applied it to my personal life because yes. I find it very interesting. Again, how a lot of your work, it, it plays into both of these areas, which is why I think it's, it's so again, expansive, I think is the word that comes to mind that you've been able to create a brand that does speak to someone in both their business world and also in their, in their personal life because i found that these lessons that's how they translate over you may think it's just for business but it helps you grow personally as well correct and for me i find that you know in business there it's like we're all dealing with humans you know in our career and we are humans and i have a really difficult time just being kind of narrow and put into a box mm-hmm. i'm very much a person who likes to see the blend and the braiding and the interwovenness of all of the aspects of who i am you know whether it is deep work that i'm doing from a more spiritual consciousness point of view how can i not apply that to the work that i'm creating that quote unquote earns my living or is my mission and vice versa if i've discover, you know, um, a great idea around leadership or something around marketing and something around making sure that my message lands. Oh, well, gosh, I'm going to see how I can potentially use that to be more effective in my relationships, right. Mm -hmm. And, and to communicate more lovingly and to connect on a deeper level. So for me, the notion, you know, our tagline for Marie TV and the podcast is helping you create a business and life you love. And it can sound trite because it's like, "Eh, okay, everybody wants that. But I really, really mean it. Like that is in my DNA, even on our team internally, Karen, I got a Slack message from uh, one of our team members yesterday. She's like, Marie, I so appreciate you because you really care about our happiness and how we're showing up at work and making sure that we're taking enough time off. And it was, it was such a sweet Slack message to get from a team member that they recognize how much I want them to have a business in life they love. Even if they're not the quote unquote one that's responsible for keeping the lights on, that's me. They're all very entrepreneurial and they have that drive and that skill set. And so I just think that this notion of blending our business and personal and that they do inform each other and that the wisdom that you acquire and that you're able to absorb and apply in your business can be applied oftentimes to your personal life and vice versa. Yeah. I always felt like I was a marketing person's worst nightmare because as I was starting to establish my brand, I felt very similar. I'm like, well, the things that I'm teaching definitely apply to life because they're mindset, but they also apply to leadership. That's the space that I live in. And so if I'm talking about you becoming a better person, then I'm not just saying you're a better person for yourself. I'm saying you're a better person because of the ripple effect that you're creating. And so to 
be the marketing person's worst nightmare. And they said, well, who, you know, who's this message for everyone? It's yeah. for all, it's for all humans. But what you've done is again, something that I think we're just now cracking into, which is, and this came post COVID, which is, oh, we cannot separate work from life. Whether you are an entrepreneur or small business owner, or you work within an organization, it's very hard to separate those things because for you, this is where they all come clashing together and you're not a robot. You can't turn, you know, the switch on and off. And I, you know, one of the uh, things that I admire about your content is you're always pulling these valuable lessons from life experiences. And again, they can apply to work, but they also apply to personal life. And I was listening uh, to one of your recent episodes. You're talking about, you know, how do we recover from things that don't work out as planned or things that don't work out as we had hoped and we intended, you know? And you shared the story of Chef Brandon, I think his name is. And yes. so you there's like three steps that you talked about. Okay, how do we respond in a healthy way to a flop, like a moment that does not work Work out the way that we had planned. And one of them, which ties back to when you had to be vulnerable with yourself in your relationship to say, hold on, like what's actually going here? One of them I found fascinating. You talked about being honest with yourself, you know, not being hard on yourself, not judging yourself, but just kind of taking inventory about what didn't work or why didn't this work. And you said something that that I had to bookmark. You have to acknowledge the gap between your abilities and your ambition. And I think about that from, again, the landscape of, yes, that applies to uh, work, but it also applies to life. What are your life goals? And if you have this vision for your life, but you're starting here, how can you, in a very honest, but I would say very compassionate way, be authentic about this is where I am, this is where I desire to go? And my question for you is, how do we bridge that gap? Yes, it's such a great question. And I think that level of self-awareness is so healthy. You know, I try that on for myself all the time. You know, what is this gap between my ambition and my ability right now? And in terms of identifying how do we bridge that gap, I think it's it's getting clear on, well, what's the outcome that I want? So for example, let's say that you want to become a better speaker, a better public speaker. And we all know that that's probably one of the most terrifying things for any of us, even if you're an extrovert, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, I love people and I have a message that I want to share, still getting on stage, at least for me, terrifying. It's still terrifying. What I would encourage people to do is say, well, who is getting the kind of results or is able to demonstrate the kind of proficiency and mastery and ease and fun? Like who are speakers that I admire and how can I start studying them really looking under the hood, maybe reaching out to them, finding some training, reading some books. It's like learning things in this time and age, Karen, is so much easier than it's mm. ever been. Mm. And, you know, while of course there is a danger to keeping your head in books and podcasts and videos about the how-to, we've got to get into action. I think some of our best and most valuable learning comes from experience and actually doing. We from the actual about, flop. Oh, a hundred percent. From like getting out there and being like, it's probably going to be pretty crappy because it's my first time. And then, you know, I was talking about, I've shared this story before, but it's really fun. I remember when I was first starting my coaching practice and I was in my early twenties and I was absolutely like just a big ball of insecurity, but I knew in my heart that I really wanted to help people. And I, I had this inkling that maybe I could. And so some of the folks that I admired used to have these huge, big 
events, right? And they would speak on big stages to thousands of people and they held workshops and seminars. And I was like, I would really love to do that. And so the way that I bridged, started to bridge that gap between my ambition and my ability was I did my first workshop and Karen, you want to know how many people came? How many? Five. Wait till I tell you the guest list. One was my yoga teacher from college because I loved being in touch with my professors. They were all so generous to me. And so I stayed in touch with her. She was in New Jersey. I was in New York City. She pulled in two neighbors off the street. I am not kidding you on her block and said, I have a student who's going to give a workshop called Create a Life You Love. And the other two people were my parents. (laughs) That's it. We were in her kind of musty basement in New Jersey. I had created the workshop using like clip art from Microsoft. Again, we're taking this back to- There was no Canva back in the (laughs) This was like the year 2000. And I, I, I am almost, it gives me like embarrassment chills right now, just thinking about the fact that I did this and I put these poor five humans through this torture <laughs> of like standing in front of them with an easel and a flip chart and taking them through personal development exercises for like three hours or so, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And once I got through that first pretty crappy workshop, I was like, okay, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And then, so that helped me begin to bridge that gap between my ambition and my ability. And you know what? My next workshop wasn't nearly as crappy, nor was the next one, nor was the next. So I I started learning. And I think for anyone listening right now, it's okay. This is where we all start. No matter what is the thing that you want to experience or achieve or see happen in your life, most of us are going to begin as beginners. And we're going to have a journey to when we're going to become more proficient. And if it's something that we're super excited about and enthusiastic about, at some point we will reach a level of like just incredible competency and maybe even a sense of, of mastery, if that can even be achieved in some sense, we're all still learning and there's always more to it to um, kind of experience and unfold. But you know, when you got something, you're like, wow, I really got this. This is cool. I'm in my, I'm in my zone. So Mm -hmm. I think learning by doing, I think really looking out there and seeing who has the kind of results that you would like to experience and then being a hundred percent determined to start to reverse engineer. Well, how'd they get there? Ask Mm -hmm. questions, hire invest in yourself through education, take classes, try a bunch of different things, and it'll happen. Absolutely. I had a guest on the show a while back, Ryan Leak, and he said, you can't get better if you don't get started. That's exactly right. Right. Oh, that makes me so happy. That gives (laughs) me chills. You can't get better if you don't get started. Yes, yes, more yes. And and what I'm hearing you say is like, embrace the flop, embrace that that is part of the journey, something I definitely had to accept. And it was hard for me because I I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I'm like, I I know myself a little bit to know what I'm aiming for. And although I do aim for excellence at some point, it gets into this toxic place of I'm just aiming for perfection. It becomes maladaptive. Right. And so with that vision, it was paralyzing me from actually taking the the best learned experience, which is through through action, right? Not yes. just through through leading. So yes, yeah, two between- things to bolt on there, Karen. Sorry to interrupt you. No. Um, so here's another one that we can write down. Starting small doesn't mean thinking small. Mm. I actually think it's a huge advantage to start small. And here's what I mean. Most of us have at least some vision of some grandiosity, right? And whether that's 25 people, 2,500 people, 25,000 people, 25 million people. Everyone has different sizes in terms of their dreams and ambitions, and we love them all. But when you start small, you don't have as many eyeballs on you yet. 
And so you have a lot more freedom, flexibility. You have a lot more bandwidth to kind of flop around and experiment and try things. And I'll tell you, as someone who's been in this world for 22 years, I have to be really, really cognizant of not letting the ego tamp me down from experimentation because I'm fearful because there's more eyes on me now than there were before. And so there's an advantage to starting small. And then the second just mantra that I want to offer people in case it can help them is that clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Mm. Sometimes we have this notion that we want to achieve something. We have an ambition. I would really like to speak on stages. We'll stick with that example for a moment because perhaps underneath what you really want is validation. You want to be seen. Let's be honest, some of our egos, they might want fame and some fortune. None of these are bad things. We're all human. We all have those desires inside of us. And yet when you start going to speaker training or you start getting on stages, you actually don't like it, right? It's like not your jam. And maybe your jam is doing videos or doing a podcast, or maybe there's some other expression, but being on stages is is actually not a thing that truly lights your heart up. Wouldn't it be great to know that sooner rather than later? And the way we know that is clarity comes from engagement, not thought, meaning how can you find a way, some small way to not just think about your ambition, but to get in the game to Mm -hmm. test it, to put yourself in the line of fire, so to speak, Mm -hmm. so that you're like, okay, great. Like I'm in it. I'm in it right now. And I'm feeling what this feels like. And I'm experiencing what a little taste of this world could be to see if my soul really does say yes. Or was this something my ego wanted me to do, or my parents wanted me to do, or just some notion of what I saw someone else do. And I thought I should be chasing those goals too. Mm, I love that. You know, what came to you, you're saying that was just try it on. Yes. You don't have to fully commit to the whole journey or the whole dream, which kind of goes back to something that you very much stand for, which is giving yourself permission to be multi-passionate. Yes. Again, another truth that broke open that helped me to break open and accept all these parts of me. And I know it's done that for millions of people around the world, but that kind of practice of, hey, try this on to see if this is authentically you, if this does make sense in the kind of life that you're trying to create and the business and how those, you know, in integrate. And by doing so, then you don't feel like you have your full stock in there, just enough to see if you want to continue to invest. Correct. And Mm. it's so wonderful because I think that in our culture, we do not know, have the skill set for, or pay attention to what I like to call body wisdom. So not our rational minds, but there is so much intelligence that lives in our physical body. There is so much wisdom in our heart. There's a thing that I believe that I call natural knowing where when you're engaged physically, when you're moving, when you're doing something that's not just sitting on your couch and thinking about it or passive listening, you open a creative channel within yourself where you have an ability to hear internal guidance. That's not coming from the outside. That's not like a pro and con list, but I would deem it your higher self, spirit, soul, whatever kind of language feels good for you. But most of us have that still small voice inside 
And I've found it's often activated through physical activity. So clarity comes from engagement, not thought. You put yourself in that environment. You see what kind of folks there are. You see how you feel. What's the feedback that your body's giving you about this potential path? And that can save you so much time and so much angst and so much surveying your friends. Like, do you think I should do this? Is this the right move? Is this going to be strategically? How am I going to get where I'm going to go? So much from the neck up that we can drive ourselves crazy overthinking. And when- Right, you start tapping into a sense of stillness, listening, finding the wisdom within. That for me is where the real breakthroughs happen. Mm, and that, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking it would save you so much time overthinking, so much time because you start to overthink it and you waste how many weeks when if you just tried it on, you would yep. know very quickly yep. if this felt right or not. Oh, Correct. I love that. All right, friends, we're going to pause for just a quick second to spotlight some folks who support the show. So we'll be back in just a moment. Are you ready to supercharge your life and get access to more opportunities than you've ever dreamed of? Then join me, James Whitaker, in the Win the Day Accelerator. Presented by Success, this entire eight-part program has been created to help you activate your winning life once and for all. You'll gain clarity on your goals and purpose. You'll learn how to quickly overcome challenges and you'll get proven tips and frameworks that will deliver you big results fast in all areas of your life. So if you're ready to win, join me in the Win The Day Accelerator. To sign up, visit success.com slash WTD. So I want to pull, the book is like highlighted thumb through. It has all the things in it, right? So I was like, okay, well, let me whittle this down to just a couple of questions directly from the book. But this is one that it spoke very much to me. I think it speaks to a lot of women who are passionate about the kind of life that they want to build, that they are pursuing. But at some point along the way, we have heard or it has, a belief has been instilled that we cannot be too much. And so I'm just going to quickly read a little part from from the book, um, just to give our listeners a little bit of context. This was before you were um, in a studio for Marie TV. You were looking for a a spot where you could have this. And so you found a spot and unfortunately you were not given the the lease. Um, Someone else had gotten it. And so you decided to take it a step further. And this is where I think that persistence is, it's a graceful, example of persistence, but you spoke to something that a lot of us probably deal with. I'm speaking about women, but hey, there may be some gentlemen who also have felt this. So you say that to this day, you still have to bat down the voice in your head that, oh, you can't do that. That's too much, Marie. Thankfully, the wiser part of me, you say, is Jersey Marie, (laughs) often pipes up and prevails. And while you believe that everyone should question the rules and and challenge the status quo, this is especially crucial for women. Many of us have been conditioned since birth to suppress our desires, curtail our strengths, hide our power, deny our emotions, and be quote-unquote nice. And this is where I got truth bumps, so I had to highlight it, but you said... But you weren't built to be contained. You're here to create, to heal, and to make change. Never apologize for that. You can't make a difference without making waves. They came back. They're here again. Yes. I bring I bring this up because I would love for you to speak about the importance of, yeah, we may be chasing our dreams. And part of that is going to be busting through beliefs, limiting beliefs that have stifled our ability to show up fully. Yes. How have how have you done that? How are you helping other people do that? Because honestly, I mean, that's a heavy lift. 
It is. It's a very heavy lift. And I understand I, I have such an inner rebel inside. There is a part of my soul. So freedom is my number one value in life. You know, I was somewhere the other day and they're like, Oh, your husband, Josh. I'm like, y'all we're not married. Like he's, he's, he keeps proposing to me and we have a joke and he knows he's my person for life, but it's like, there is a part of me and I just feel like it's part of my soul's journey. That is, I do not want to be contained. I do not want to be held back. And I feel like part of my gift is sharing ideas in unique ways that, you know, I am not everyone's cup of tea and, and that is a hundred percent fine. There are like almost 9 billion of us on the planet and I'm not meant to reach everyone. There's just a portion of folks who our energies align and we can have a dance together and we can share and help each other grow. And I'm super fine with that. So I've had to learn over time that my creative impulses and the things that maybe my judgmental mind is like, oh, that's too much. You can't say that. Or, you know, that's not acceptable or like Jersey Marie. Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a part of who I am. She's, she's saucy. She's very saucy. She's very direct. I wonder where if, she gets that from. Oh, <laughs> right. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And my team and even our audience, I love like, you know, reading comments and getting emails from people. And it's so funny because people love her. So they're like, can she actually tell us? I'm like, if you're ready for it, like strap yourself in and do not hold me accountable for some. Make sure you have your headphones on if there are kids around. Let's just put it that way. And so I think that I often try to not overthink this. And I think one of the greatest compliments I've ever received is when I meet folks and they're like, you know, because you're so silly and goofy on your channel and you dance and you are unapologetically you in all of these kind of unconventional ways and you've blended things together. Like, you know, I grew up, I was watching this awesome show on Netflix, which by the way, I don't know if anyone has seen it. I grew up watching Yo MTV raps and all I listened to and like dance and music was a huge part of my household. Like I was talking about my mom with the radio. It's like dancing and music. It was just everything. And I was watching this great show on Netflix, Ladies First, about the women uh, and like blown away, just Mm -hmm. so inspired. But like all of these different influences, sometimes people are like, why are that doesn't fit with your package. I'm like, that's the point. Like us judging, it's like people are so unique and they have so many beautiful gifts and passions and interests. And yet I think old school society from the industrial age was like, pick one thing and do it. You know, be an expert. You must be a doctor. You must be a lawyer. You must be a teacher. You must be this. Then you're going to work until you're 65 and then you're going to retire. And most of us just aren't built like that. So for me, taking this back to your question, because I'm such a freedom loving person and because I feel really constricted and like almost like I'm going to suffocate if I try and put myself into a box. I had no other choice, Karen, than to say, screw this. I just, I got to be the Nike athlete, hip hop teacher over here. And then I'm super passionate about spirituality and I love business and marketing. And if I try and keep separating myself, I'm going to just cry in a corner. Mm -hmm. And once I started to blend those things together and get unapologetic about how big my dreams are and how many things I want to do. And I'll give you a little example to slot this in and then we'll take it to, uh, I'll wrap it up. I'll try to wrap it up. But when I was done writing everything as figure outable and I was working with my publishers on the launch plan, first of all, I love marketing. When I believe in something like I, the best pizza in New York city, I have to eat gluten-free now. I'm Italian American made me cry when I figured out I couldn't have it anymore. Cause my body was like no mass for you. <laughs> 
the best gluten-free pizza in New York City, Simo Pizza. When I find out about the best of anything, I need to share it with the world because I genuinely believe in my heart that there's people that would benefit from whatever that thing is, an mm-hmm. idea, slice of pizza, gelato, a book, music, whatever. And when I was getting ready to publish the book and the publisher's like, okay, so what's the launch plan? I'm like, you know, I had this download. I want to do something that's if a Beyonce concert and a Ted talk and a block party had a baby, that's what we want to do. We're going to have a concert in New York city where I'm going to get to talk about the book. There's going to be dancing and music and mayhem and celebration. And they just, Karen, they were all like, Right. So they had never heard of that before. So this all comes back to your question of like the too muchness and how do we start to kind of rectify that and live into that? And we did that. We pulled that concert off. I had 15 backup dancers, some of the most incredible people. I had the most incredible creative director. I performed, I talked like it was just, it was incredible. It was so much fun. And one of the biggest benefits was, first of all, that was creatively fulfilling for me, but I had so many people say, you showed me something different by being courageous Mm -hmm. enough to do something I'd never seen before. And so just like you shared so beautifully, and thank you so much for at the beginning of our conversation, I almost feel like the more that we see people live into their fullness of who they really are, everyone else's lights get turned on and they go, oh, wait, I, I can do that and it's okay. I don't have to fit myself into this tiny little box and pretend all of these other parts of me don't exist or that I don't have these big dreams. And, you know, you, you told the story about us. Uh, basically, that's in the chapter called Refuse to be Refused, where sometimes our aspirations, our dreams, the things that we want to go after, some doors will close. People will say, no, that's not possible. That's never been done. You can't do that. And we have to know that sometimes you got to push back. And you got to keep going for it. You know, in that particular instance, you brought up that story around me not getting the space. One of them, Karen, was because, and the primary reason, they're like, they didn't understand who I was or what I did. And they wanted to get this tech company. And it's like, we know what a tech company is, but you little lady, Mm -hmm. you've got an online show. What is that? And Mm -hmm. it was just like, I was like, you want to see my bank statements, y'all? Because I will roll deep and be able to pay. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I got this. And when I rolled in with my financials, their jaws hit the floor because tech company over here who they understood what it was, couldn't pay the lease. And I was like, "Mm, I got Mm -hmm. this. And so that refuse to be refused, it's like we got to kind of dance with a couple of things, knowing what you want and being pleasantly, creatively persistent about getting it when you feel in your soul it's worth fighting for. And then having the courage to be as big and as wild and as goofy and silly as you are. And I'll say one thing, a friend of mine, my best friend, actually, Chris Carr, she uh, Mm -hmm. lives with stage four cancer. And she has, and she's thrived for over 20 years, right? And when she first got her diagnosis, when she was 31, the medical community basically said, you have a 10-year expiration date. Mm -hmm. And she flipped them the bird and was like, "Mm -mm." refusing to be refused. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is not how this story is going to go. And the reason I bring her up right now and in the context of your question is because we often joke, we were just texting before about like just the things that we want to do. And she's like, Marie, we're all coming. Like the dirt nap, she calls death the dirt nap. Mm. She's like our dirt nap. We're all, I'm like, it's coming. And we're like, how many fun activities and hopefully exciting adventures can we fit in between now and then? And so when it comes to your question about sometimes we have to be too much 
And so listening to that inner wisdom of what you really want to create or what you really want to experience or what you want to go for, even if it fails and flops, like, is this a thing that you want to do before you take your dart nap? And for me, the concert at Hammerstein Ballroom, you know what I mean? Or some activities, I'm like, you know what? I'm goofy. I don't use proper language all the time. I'm like Papa Smurf and I switch words. And (laughs) you you know, so it's just like, mm, some people are not going to like it. They're going to think I'm too much. They're going to say X, Y, or Z. But over 22 years, it hasn't stopped me. And I don't want it to stop me moving forward. And every single one of us has those kind of dreams. It could be about what you're cooking at home. It could be about what you're going to do with your partner. It could be about some activity you want to do in your company or some initiative that you want to experience or some adventure that you want to take. So whatever that thing is for you, that's you're like, Oh no, that would be too much. I'll give you an example. One more example. Then I'm going to be quiet. Cause I know I've been, no, talking don't like, be, we love oh, this. I'm hanging on every word. <laughs> this, uh, I met this gorgeous B-schooler. So it was a B-school grad and uh, at an event recently, and she was talking to me and uh, telling me just how much her business has grown. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love seeing other people win. So I'm so happy for you. And she's like incredible multi-million dollar business. And then she said, you know what, Marie, though, there's another part of my life that has been really expanded. And she's like, you know, I have a very unconventional relationship and I'm a person. I'm like, I don't judge whatever makes people happy. I'm like, God bless. If you have love in your heart, however that comes out, I am all for it. More love in the world. She's like, oh, actually, you know, um, my husband and I, she's like, I have a whole separate house. My son and my husband live in one state and I have another house here and I'm between them two. And she's like, but I just am less resentful. I spend time in this house when I need to work on my business. And then I go fly home to my husband. It's like unconventional in the way that I'd never heard before. And I think we're going to be seeing more of that, but that's like the kind of thing where folks could judge you. What you don't live at home with your family a hundred percent of the time. And her and her family have created this new possibility that works for them. And they've been together like 34 years. So, so anyway, all that to say that whatever form or flavor Mm -hmm. that you're too muchness might take or that thing that you want to experiment with. It's like, we're all on our way to a dirt nap. So go for it now. Absolutely. Thank you for giving all of our listeners that permission slip because I know, I know I needed to be reminded of that. And I'm sure I do too. That's why it's like my best friend. That's why we all have these conversations because it's so easy to fall into the slipstream of conventionality and conformity. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to see messages around us. It's like play it safe, play it secure. Uh, And you know, there is a place for stability and there is a place for security, but I think we have to be more nuanced and have that kind of balanced approach where, where is the stability really necessary in my life? And where am I creating that from within? And where are these open possibilities of potential where I get to play? play and I get to experiment and figure something out that maybe no one has figured out before. Exactly. And I get to honor myself in that process, which is so big. Also shout out to Chris because I love her work. I love everything that she's doing. And I love how you, I saw that episode, which is really good. Uh, Really encourage everybody to go listen to it. You talked about the ambulance is your spiral emoji. My best friend and I, we use the tornado. (laughs) Nice. It's so good. It's so good to have an emoji language because you know, you can't hit your friends up and it's like, Hey, you just want to hang out and talk or whatever. But when the shiitake hits the fan and you are in a like mental, emotional death spiral, you need to be able to send a signal that that it's like a bat signal. It's like, okay, everything else needs to get on hold. I need to take care of my girl or something. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Marie, thank you so much. Thank you for diving into the book, into life, sharing the wisdom that really transcends all of these different areas of life and the roles that we play. You've done it in such an authentic way that again, 
again, if any listener who is listening to this right now has not read the book, get it on Audible, put it in your Amazon cart, whatever it is, because I promise you, you're going to walk away with highlights, underlined sticky notes that were most definitely going to change your life. And certainly if you are an entrepreneur, shape your business as well. So before we go, Marie, where would you like to send individuals? I'm sure there are people who are like, okay, what else can I do? What, What can I dive into right now? Where should they go so they can start taking some action that will help to shape their life today? We have a beautiful free audio downloadable coaching session on our website, marieforleo.com called how to get anything you want. It's very clear on multiple pages, so you'll be able to find it, but it will basically give you a playbook with three simple steps that can help you begin to move towards anything that you want to transform or create or experience so that you have clarity, you have confidence, and you start to really nurture and cultivate that everything is figure outable muscle that every single one of us has inside and stay in that place of curiosity and wonder and hope. And most importantly, action, because that's where you're going to find all your discoveries. That's where you're going to build that strength and those capabilities and create those magical, joyful experiences while you still can. Yes. Before we have that dirt nap. Dirt nap. Dirt nap. <laughs> it's a fun way. It's like a it's like a beautiful truth in our life. It is a beautiful truth in our life. And it's a fun way to keep it a bit light, a bit humorous, but also really grounded in mm-hmm. in the reality that we have precious, beautiful time yep. Yep. together. And while we're here, we wanna we wanna make the most of it in a way that feels true to our hearts. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you are making the most of your time here and it's a blessing to so many of us. So Marie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Karen. You are an incredible host and I am so grateful to be connected. Thank you, friend. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.